hearts. And it's not a bunch of stuff. It's not a bunch of PowerPoints. It's not a bunch of programs, Bible studies. It's, it, you know, those things are good. I don't know about the stuff sometimes, but. But if you want to know what God has put on my heart for four corners, this is it. It's no more than this. Don't, don't make it more than this. Hear me clearly. It's to be an example of his heart to you. You don't need to make it more than that. It's about the heart in all matters. The Bible says you can describe God in one way, mainly, and that is God is love. My only vision I have, the only thing that I know clearly, the one thing I'm certain of that God has put on my heart as a pastor to you is to point to him and your heart to him. That's it. That's it. Nothing nothing more. Father, we thank you again for this day you've given us, for a time, for a moment. Everything's a moment. It's, it's so awesome. You have no time, really, so everything is a moment. It's a snapshot. It's right now. And Father God, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will continue to stir up our hearts toward you. That, Lord, our hearts would turn to you. That's all. That's it. That's what you desire. And I know we, we, we think of it as, as a commandment, which it is. We're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. I know, I know, I know. But, Lord, may we not just hear words. And it's your word, I know it, you promise it'll never come back void. And I know it won't, whenever it's spoken, you have spoken. But Lord, may we never just hear your word as words. You desire our heart. And in this world and in our sin nature, that's so hard. But you desire our heart. May it be said of us. On this day, this moment, this time, for your name's sake, in Jesus' name, amen. We started off this year as, as this, as we move closer to Christ and help others to move closer to Christ. It's, it's kind of like a turn, for lack of a better way to say it. You know, you have seasons of time in any church, in any uh, life um, you know, in life, you know you have seasons of time. You have, you're a child, you're a youth, you're a young adult, you're an adult, you're older, you're oldest. I don't know how you... Seasons. And there's no difference of seasons of times in a church, in a body, where, where God inter, intertwines himself, for lack of, of a better way to say it, um, as, as uh, churches continue to be planted and they grow and they engage God and God engages them. And we're in a season of time where uh, we've, we've been a church of moving people toward Christ for um, about five years has, has been the vision statement, I believe. And, and as we've taken a church body such as this, um, for lack of a better way to say it, I want to be careful here. You've got to hear me this morning. No reading behind, between the lines. Just hear what I'm saying and we'll be all right. 
He takes a body such as this, even if you're new here, even if you're a visitor here. Listen to me. God's appointed you to be here. That's not just a saying. Either God's in control or not. Either he speaks to our heart or not. You're appointed for this time, whether you've been here eight years, one year, or you're a visitor. You're here this moment. And what God's desire to do is to take what we have put within us. He has put within us through his word and those Bible studies that I've been talking about and the reading of his word and prayer and those things that he puts on our hearts and the gifts that he's given us. And he, and, and he says, okay, guys, guess what? Now it's time to turn and to go. Go where, Pastor Tony? To go to Wawa, to go to racetrack. Where else? To go to the theater, to go to work, to go to our neighbors, to go to our friends, to go to Facebook. It's okay. If it gets too ugly, hit the click button. But to go and to take these things and not just keep, if you will, uh, bringing them in, bringing them in and growing our head with knowledge. And it's to go. It's okay. And we go as a body. It's so awesome because every single person's a part of the body. I don't have to do it all. Although I try sometimes. But in order to do this every time, not some of the times, every time we got to grow up. And it doesn't matter your age in this room again. You could be, I hear a little baby. And you could be up to 125. I don't know what's the oldest person. I will not ask. It doesn't matter your age. And it does matter whether you're, you're a believer or not when it comes to taking his word and moving out. But, but it doesn't matter our age. And as we, as we come together corporately as a body, we come together so that we can move out. And again, not so everyone can do everything. If you're a brand new believer, God does not expect for you to be someone that's mature and that can handle and speak the word of God and respond back and forth to people. But he expects you to grow up, to mature. Our daughter Heather is here. There's no way I want her to still be a two-year-old, even though she was an awesome two-year-old. I want her to be a a young lady that follows after God, that believes in Christ and and follows him. And even at her age and older, she's married. We have two grandchildren. I want her to continue to grow up in Christ. When? Today. We get stuck. And when we get stuck, our heart hurts. And we just, you know what? If we're not careful, which happens most of the times, our hearts harden toward God. And we just, we don't know it. Come on, you go back to the two-year-old. Heather did not know the difference between things. Was she two or three when she said, catch me, and went off the, uh, she was one. She's on the table in the kitchen. Somehow we put the chairs in, but she gets up there. We hear, catch me, and she, whoo, boom. We're, Trish and I are scrambling, and no one caught her. <laughs> she needs to grow up. She had to grow up. We had to tell her, Heather, she's only one, though. I mean, but so we talked about equipping the saints and strengthening our families and growing in our faith. How can we, uh, if you will, tangibly look at what how we can grow up? How we can get from being unstuck wherever we're at in our Christian walk and our heart with Christ, especially our heart with Christ, should have came first. 
wherever we are in our heart with Christ, that, that, and wherever we're stuck, that we can grow up. And for us, this is how, as a church body, we're, gonna, we're going to do, do that, is equip the saints, strengthen our families, and grow in our faith. And strengthen our family is corporately, it's husband and wife, it's brother and sister, it's our body, it's our friends, it's a family. It's a family that God brings together. It's not, it's not just a family unit, if you will, although it includes that, absolutely. God created us to love him and express that love to others. That's it. Again, right back to the vision. If you're wondering what the vision is, this is it. He's created us to love, to love him and to love others. There is no more. Who's ever cried happy tears? Who's ever cried sad tears? Who's ever cried and screamed angry tears? These emotions within us are God-given. They're not to be apologized for. They're not to be to say, oh, my gosh, I, you know, I got angry. Uh, I, I was sad. I was happy. I, you, you know, these are all attributes that God's put within us to, to be able to express who he is in us. But the world, the flesh, and the devil gets in the way sometimes. And sometimes we express things that it's not God. It might be in us, but it's not God. He wants us to work those things out, though, that we're more like him. Again, the vision, our heart growing closer to God. That's it, that we're more like him. Why? Well, I want to be more like my father. I want to, Heather wants to be just like her daddy. Why are you laughing? I got to tell you something. Heather, um, she's right here, so. Heather has been a huge encourager of me ever since I went into the pastorate. Writing me post notes, uh, sending me an email. Thanks, Dad. Thanks for pointing me to Christ. Thanks for, for being there. Thanks for, um, um, I, I, I'm thinking of an email that you sent. Thanks for um, teaching me how to say thank you. Now listen, and then we're going we're gonna to kick into the word. See, I think where we get stuck a lot of times too is the Bible's pretty clear that the things of God address the heart, speak to the heart, but they're taught. They're taught. We just don't do the things of God out of obedience. Like Paul talking to Timothy. The things that you were taught do. Now, you may, okay, now listen to me. Not talking about school. Not talking about, but literally, why would God put a pastor in a body? Why would he put an evangelist, a teacher? Why, why does he place certain people in a body? To equip. To teach. If we didn't need to be equipped and, and taught, then you wouldn't need a pastor or a shepherd or, right? Okay, so listen to me. Where we're fixing to go is this. I understand sometimes we get stuck spiritually. Sometimes we get in a rut. Most of the times, I'm telling you, you do not know if you're there. It's just, and I don't mean this to be funny, but it's just like if you're truly crazy, do you know it? The answer is no. 
And if you're very prideful, do you know it? The answer is no. And so we get to places in our heart and our walk and our mind with God. And we don't even realize how much we've, we've just hunkered down. And we just go, you know what? This is where I am. This is what I believe. That person's wrong. I'm right. Or you know what? I just believe this thing should be this way. And, and we just, we don't, we don't have a clue that our heart is far from God. We don't have a clue. And then in comes the preacher. An equipper. That says, all I want you to do is draw closer to God. I want your heart to go close to him. He will do the rest. I'll never, I'll never be quiet about our hearts growing closer to God. It's the only thing, as far as I know, I don't, I'm not being prideful. It's the only thing I know to do, so it's the only thing you're going to hear. To get us unstuck. Those aren't words of condemnation. Those aren't words that says, y'all are stuck, man, grow up. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying God is addressing my heart. Don't you think he puts um, pastors or preachers or teachers in places where they're at so they, they can take the body where they need to go? So I'm just as crazy as you guys. And I have my areas I'm stuck in too. We're in it together. I'm, I'm very, I'm serious. Here we go. So he created us to express that love. In Ephesians 3.14, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes what, guys? To know the love of Christ that passes our knowledge. Sometimes we're, we're too knowledgeable for our own good. He continues, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And most of us know this very good, very well by now, John 6, 40. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up on the last day. Who will raise us up? Hello? Hello? Can anyone else raise us up? Can anyone else get us unstuck? Then why are you trying so hard to do it yourself? Why are you trying so hard to get people to join in on your little deal? Why are you trying so hard? Why do you get on the phone? Why do you hit Facebook? Why do you struggle so much against things that seem to be hitting you at work? Or why do you, you know, your family? Why do, why do we do that? Why do we do that when we have the faith and belief that God is who he says he is? That my heart be rooted in him. Now, maybe if we're here and it's not, I understand. If you've not come to a place where you've repented and believed in the Lord Jesus, I understand. But if it is, these are our marching orders. That we might be rooted and grounded in love. What does it mean to be rooted? Think about a plant. A seed grows. What, what goes first? The root, it breaks. The root, then all of a sudden the stalk or whatever it might be. The plant starts to grow, all right? Does the plant need its roots or else it will? If we're not rooted in Christ and rooted in his love, we will die spiritually. It does, there's no way around it. If a plant's dying, now this is a trick question. If a plant is dying from lack of being rooted, does it know it? 
trick, trick, trick question. Well, I'm going to say it does. But the only reason I'm going to say it's, it does is because of what God has put within it in his creation. It knows to shut down certain parts of the plant and to only grow certain parts of the plant. And it knows by God's creation, what God's put within that plant, what to do to try to survive. We're more than plants. God has put within us a spirit and his word and direction. And has given us a manual. He's given us everything. We should not die spiritually. We should grow. We should be alive. We should be rooted in love. We should be grounded in the faith. We should be steadfast. So, equipping the saints. Equipping the, uh, and strengthening our families. And equipping in a way that will cause us to grow together in faith. Open with me to Luke. If you don't have a Bible, uh, you might have U version. Uh, there are some Bibles uh, of which I'm reading out in New King James uh, around the sanctuary. You should look to the left or right if you need one. There should be one readily available you can grab. We're, we're in Luke 4 this morning. Luke 4, verse 1. So listen in. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then the devil Taking him up on a, mount, on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory. For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only. You shall serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hand they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said you shall not tempt the Lord your God, and now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit of Galilee. In your worship folder, if you don't have one, you need one, at least to share. Anyone not have one? We're going to need one this morning. Miss um, Shirley, thank you. If you, I'll ask you to raise your hand in just one moment again, and Miss Shirley will bring you. Thank you, Miss Shirley. All right, if you raise your hand, we definitely need this this morning. Thank you, Miss Shirley. See, that's a gift in action. I love it. 
Not a thought. Just let's go. Okay. So on the front, it's uh, where it says moving people toward Christ. I want you to want us to look at that. And just real quickly again, I want us to look at the beginning where it says, our mission for 4CBC is equipping the saints, strengthening our families, and growing together in faith. That's to make sure you know where we're at. Then underneath that, it says counting the cost. And counting the cost, I put little key words uh, that, that we've been being equipped in in the last several months. And counting the cost means our salvation, number one. That we repent and we believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And then next to that, it says uh, personal relationship and obedience. Who believes that Heather has always been obedient to her mom and dad every time, 100% of the time? Anyone believe that? Heather believes that. Okay. We're going to have a prayer time after... Why would we be obedient to God? Why, why would we be obedient to his word? And we talked about that. We talked about, well, we got to count the cost. Is God who he says he is or not? And we count the cost and we say, what will it take to follow him? And God says, God tells us everything. And sometimes we just go, oh, yeah, 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 I know, I know. No, no, he means it. That within our heart, we would say, God, I'll follow you. And we talked about that, counting the cost. We must count the cost. And then we talked about envisioning the future. And there we talked mostly about leaving the past behind and preparing for eternity. The one thing about trying to move ahead whenever you're stuck, whether you know you're stuck or not, if you don't know if you're stuck, by the way, I failed to mention this, come and ask me and I'll let you know one way or the other. Or maybe ask Heather because she, she's doing pretty good. But in order to get unstuck, there's no way around moving past your past, moving beyond your past. There is no option. You can't, you cannot get unstuck spiritually and, and still hold on to unforgiveness, still hold on to things that have happened to you in your past, whether good or bad, whether your fault or not. And, and it's a familiar spirit that you've got to let go. If you don't, you will not grow in that area. You will not hear God clearly in what he's trying to speak into you in that area of your life. It won't happen. Example, unforgiveness. If you're holding unforgiveness against someone, either from yesterday, last year, five years ago, or when you were a baby or a child, you can remember whatever it is, if you're still holding on to it. Paul says, forgetting what's behind. Basically, I turn and I grab a hold of what's ahead. I turn and I grab a hold of what God has given me. He's given me his word, his spirit. He's given me the, the, the way, the truth, the life. He's given me salvation if I'll repent and believe and receive. We have to move from our past. It's enough. Why am I belaboring this? Why in the past? If you've been hearing my sermons, why am I constantly going over this over and over and over? Because I'm telling you, it's the number one thing that I know of that keeps a believer in bondage. Even myself. It'll, it'll, it'll try to come back. And you got to get to a place, which I have, praise God. I'm just telling you, not, not in every area of my life. And just when I think I'm, I'm through every area, then all of a sudden something tries to eat. But there's areas that I've had unforgiveness in my heart that I have 100% given to God. Do I, do I remember them? Yes. Do they help me sometimes to understand how to, uh, how to approach the future? Oh, yeah. But we've got to give it to God. 
And we have to pr- prepare for eternity. Um, life is short. It's but a vapor. And believe it or not, what we do on this earth right now is preparing for eternity. Do you realize that action you have today can change eternity for someone else today? Come on, let me remind this. Do you know that? Do you know that a prayer, a seed, a word of God that you share can change someone's entire eternity? I want to remind us of that. So I, 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 go, to, I go to Wawa. And uh, the lady goes, can I help you? I mean, did you find everything? And I said, well, no, I was actually looking for the health bars. And she goes, oh, that's nice. She gra- she's grabbing my stuff. And I said, well, and she said, uh, well, did you, did, were you able to, um, were you able to, um, or do you need anything else? And I said, well, yeah, I couldn't find the health bars. And she keeps ringing up my stuff. No matter what I said, she was in auto mode. Her heart was at such a place, she didn't hear a word I was saying. And finally, I didn't say this abruptly or rudely, but I said, ma'am, I said, you're not hearing a word I'm saying. I'm telling you, I didn't find the health bars and I didn't. And and she goes, oh, that's nice. What's my point? That's how we get sometimes. We, I'm telling you, we, we need people that you need to just, someone you can trust and someone you believe follows the word of God. I mean, you just don't go up to anyone, you know. But say, you know, how, 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 do you, how do you see me? Trish tells me all the time how she sees me. And sometimes when I'm not my best, she reminds me. But I want that. I really do. Now, sometimes I tell her I don't want it right now. But, you know, we have those struggles. Then we talked about hearing God's voice. And God desires to speak to us, but only if we'll listen. And God will do things to get our attention, whether we think so or not. And sometimes we try to push those to those things. And then the big question is, well, Pastor Tony, I don't know that I've ever heard God speak. And don't let that confuse you if that's you. Even if you're a believer, even if, even if, um, you, you, you're kind of wondering, what do you mean when you, I mean, is it audible? Is it, and I know we've talked about this, but I'm not, I'm not talking about like God comes in the room and he walks in the door and he goes, well, hi, Roly. Now, can God do that? I think so. He can do what he wants. But sometimes we need to be reminded or watch, watch, watch. Sometimes we need to be taught or equipped in the word of God to understand you know, some, sometimes God is trying to speak to us and we don't understand it. Well, that's where equipping and teaching comes in. This is what the Word of God says. You're struggling in this area of your life or something's going on. You don't realize, for example, why you're so angry. Well, there's a root to that anger and something's cutting into your heart and it's grown a root in there. And, and so you're just confused. You don't hear God in that part of your life. And so you, you get counsel. There's much wisdom in many counselors. And you go to someone and go, look, help me out here. There's something apparently going on in me, and that's okay to do that. I mean, it's, it's, it's okay, because if we don't, we just stay stuck. And then responding to God's voice, it's getting harder and harder, if you will, against the world, the flesh, and the devil. Because sometimes, have you ever heard, I mean, you just know God spoke. I mean, you're reading his word, your heart's quickened by the Spirit of God, and you just know he's told you not to lie or, or to get your income tax back and redo it because you know that you cheated on it, whatever. Just trying to get little examples. 
And then you went, no. Just because we hear God speak doesn't mean we do what he says. So we need to learn to be obedient. And once we learn to be obedient, we'll be as quick as Miss Shirley when there's a simple thing. Hey, anyone need a worship bulletin or worship guide? All of a sudden, it's not even a thought. It's a serve as an example. And then underneath that, it says embracing God through trials. And uh, anyone here from last week when we were talking about trials being a gift from God, anyone struggle with that? Or you know what I mean? Did anyone go, what? Are you kidding me? No, no one struggled with that? I've been struggling with that for forever. Because it's hard. Yeah, I mean, right? But, but, it, but, but God is in control. He's a gracious God. So now all of that to go back into Luke. And underneath here it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. And that's Luke 4.1. <laughs> especially for those listening on, on the Internet. Sometimes you might wonder why I double say things. That's why. So to make sure we're keeping people up that are just listening. So the number one thing was uh, temptation came about. And it's here in your worship guide it says, if you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread in verse 3. And Jesus respond, how? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by the word of God. Do you realize, too, maybe you don't, maybe, maybe you do, but when we look at the Greek, if you will, the language of which the Bible is written and, and interpreted in this side is this, that last week we talked about what? Trials. This week we're going to talk about, it appears, temptation, but they're really interchangeable. Those words are really pretty much interchangeable. Not all the time, but most of the times when you translate it. So really, last week when we were talking about trials, we were also talking about temptations. This week we're talking about temptations, but really we're also talking about trials because when we're tempted, the Bible says we're tempted by our own, our own um, selfishness, that we are enticed to do something that we shouldn't do. And if we, if we are tempted to, to follow that thing that we shouldn't do, that we could fall into a trial that's going to test our faith. Who's with me? You understand? Okay, thank you. All right. Uh, thank you for not being with me, but thank you for, I, I get what you're, you're getting, what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. All right. Then underneath that was the second temptation. I will give you all authority and splendor if you worship me. And Jesus' response was this, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the next temptation was, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. And Jesus responded, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So just really, just looking at this uh, briefly, if you look at what's going on, we're to live by the Word of God. We're to worship Him and serve Him only. And we're not to test Him. How do we get unstuck? How do we move forward? How do we mature as a believer? This is how. Now, again, might seem a little vague, so I'm going to get more personal so we can maybe grab this a little more. But I, want, I do want you to notice, when, when you look at, at the Scripture and it says, and if you have it, I want you to look just real closely. And you might not have New King James. It does speak a little differently in, in some other translations. But in the New King James, it says this, Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm a born-again believer. I repented of my sins. 
I believe that Jesus was crucified. He was buried. He rose again. And I put my trust in him. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. And guess what? I received that. I put my trust in him. I was filled with his spirit. At that moment in time, the very spirit of God, and I would say the spirit of Christ, literally indwelt me. My spirit that was dead in trespass and sin, the Bible says, when I'm born, my spirit is dead in trespass and sin. But when I repented and believed, the very spirit of God, the spirit of Christ, came in and indwelt me. My spirit made alive because of him and in him. And I was filled with the spirit of God. Now, I don't know how much we know as far as different places we're at in, in, in our walk or how we grew up in church. Who just understood what I said? When the, 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 every, you're not, who, raise your hand so I know. If you, if you don't know, it's okay. I mean, I, talking about the spirit of God can be awkward. I mean, not, not for God and not for me, but it's hard to understand for you understand, only, only God and his word can reveal it to you. So if you can't raise your hand, don't be concerned. God will reveal even this to you. So Jesus, in verse 1, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Oh, my, 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 my. I repented and I believed the Spirit of God dwells in me. Do you think that the Spirit of God and the Word of God, the day I was, I was saved, went, oh, Tony, welcome to, the, welcome to the family, okay? And I'll just see you in heaven the day you, you pass, and uh, we'll catch up with you then. No. You know what he did? The Spirit of God? You know what he did? He led me, in my case, into the wilderness. It's just what his Word says. And I started traveling all over Polk County. Never, you guys know my story. Never went to church in my life. Went to church one time. I got saved. Next thing I know, the Spirit of God is going, oh, I want you to just kind of travel all over Polk County and go talk to pastors. I'm going, I didn't even know what a pastor was. I didn't know. Does that mean a, a Catholic church? A, a, you know, I'm looking. And, and so I asked my pastor. I said, what do you think he's saying? He goes, no, go to Baptist churches. I said, okay, whatever. So I did. Listening to my shepherd. So I, I, I talked to all these pastors, and there was about three dozen of them over about a three, uh, two-month period, really. I keep saying three. I'm not sure. But there was about three dozen pastors over about a two-month period. And, and the bottom line is there was only one out of all of them that could even encourage me. I had several crying pastors and associates crying, saying, I, I wish I still have had what you have. I've lost my joy. And most of them said that. Most, the majority by far. I lost my joy. And you would think that would discourage me. You would think, but you know what? The Spirit of God led me into the wilderness to go to talk to these pastors. And instead of going, uh-oh, what did I get myself into? I drew closer to God and I said, please, God, not me. Not that I'm better. you got to hear my heart. Not that I'm better than those that I was. he was sending me to. But I, I, I don't know. All I can say, guys, is I think he was like going, giving me a picture. Tony, don't let this happen to you. The, you. This does not have to happen to you. Not that you're better, Tony. You stay close to me. That seeing those pastors drew me close to God. Seeing those pastors put me in, in the word of God. Seeing those pastors, I kid you not, drove me to my knees. Because at first I thought I could lose my salvation. And then the Word of God and Spirit of God clearly told me I, I could not. So I had that assurance. And then I, I spent years 
talking with pastors in this in Polk County, uh, walking with them, praying with them, and just trying to encourage those that seem to be down and, and struggling. And that's my heart to this day. Has is the same with this with this body, but it says that then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned to the Jordan as led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. And then, if you go all the way to verse fourteen, watch this: Jesus went through all this experience. He was tempted by the devil. He hasn't eaten in forty days. I mean, he's weak. He's 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 human, and if you will. It's, it's God in the flesh. But then all of a sudden, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. You get that? He's led, being filled with the Spirit, into the wilderness. And after being tempted, and after after saying to the devil, get off my back. You know, you don't understand. I don't. I, I live by the Word of God. You don't understand. I ain't, I'm not going to allow idols into my life. You don't understand. I am not going to test you. I'm not going to test God. And he goes through this huge trial, through this huge testing. Leading into it, he was filled with the Spirit. Coming out of it, he had the power of the Spirit. God with him. The assurance of his strength and his empowerment. He does not want us to be stuck. He does not want us to live in the past. And it's always just going to be the same way. Because the minute we keep it the same way, we just slowly fade and die. But a heavenly father that loves it is going to always be stirring us up. And if we won't let him stir us up to grow us, all of a sudden he leads us into this thing or he allows this tragedy into our life or this trial into our life. And you go, God, why me? But I've been faithful. I've done this. I've done that. And God says, Tony, I know, I know, I know, I know. But you, but, but my son, you need to grow in this area. I mean, you, you, you're just not doing it. And I've got to allow these things into your life to drive you back. Remember the time on your knees? To bring you back to a place where you knew me, where you were close to me. I've got to do it. I've got to allow it. It has to happen. And Tony, when you come out of it, though, You'll thank me. You'll be close to me. It's for real, guys. It's, this, this is what God desires. And how do, you, how, do you, how do you do this? How do you tell people? You know, people of God, if you don't draw near to him, he will put us into a place in the name of Jesus that we will. That's tough. I know it. Let's uh, turn over the page. I want us to make this personal. I want want us to read this first paragraph together if possible. I know it's a little hard, but let's read this together as if it's us. Watch this. Ready to go? Full of the Holy Spirit, I will be led by the Spirit into the wilderness where I will fall into trials and allow you, God, to mature me, to grow me, to love me, to empower me, to glorify your name. Now, I'm not trying to have you read something you don't believe or know, but there's just something about when we engage God, and this should be our desire right here. And then underneath this, 
It says temptation. If you belong to God, then you would be able to fix everything yourself. That's what we're tempted. We're tempted to believe that. Wait a minute. My my personal life, if I belong to God, then I, I can fix it. I can fix it. No matter what it is, I'll, I'll, I'll do what it takes to, to rally the troops or get back at the person or, or whatever the case may be. And we're tempted to do that, and it takes us away from God, and it keeps us stuck. Our response should be this, and, and if you will, I would like for us to read this together. Here's what our response should be if, if we're trying. Anyone here trying to fight something right now on your own? This should be our response. Let's go. I will live by the word of God and not by my intellect and selfish choices. See, sometimes we just got to speak it. Um, I don't know, I'm not going to have you raise your hand if, if you've been stuck in an area or stuck in your spiritual walk, but especially if you this morning have been stuck spiritually, sometimes we just got to speak it, because when we speak it, the word says we're justified by words, and if we don't speak it, then it just doesn't happen. Temptation, next one. It's okay to have idols in your life. This is how we're tempted to believe. It's okay to have idols in your life. God understands. It's not like you worship the idol more than you do God. And after all, you live in a physical world, so you should do physical things. This should be our response together. I will choose to remove the idols from my life and worship God only. I will put God first in my life and then my life will be a reflection of God's love in me. I will serve God only and serve those God's puts into my life. That should be our heart. Then we're tempted in this area. There are so many things that just don't make sense in my life. Why do so many trials come into my life? If God is in control, why does God allow so many bad things to happen? Why? This is our response. I will choose to live a life of faith and not fate. I know God's love is greater than any trial or temptation that comes against me. I will not test God and demand he do things my way. I will not test God and try to second guess how he desires to work in my life. And then we, we conclude, if you will, with this last response. By the grace of God, I will walk in the spirit of God. My heart's desire is to put you first in my life. My heart's desire is to come into your presence, to hear your voice, to welcome you to not just be a part of my life, but to be my life. If there's anyone this here, here this morning that would say, Pastor Tony, well, I can tell you, I know that, that God's not really a part of my life. I, I mean, I, I know and I've heard the, the word, what it says, or people have told me, that I'm a sinner and I'm separated from God. And Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, if you're in this room, listen to what's being said. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of that sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And by the word of God and by the spirit of God, he'll reveal to a heart that does not know him personally. You're separated from me. And because of that separation, one day you will pass. Even even now you're spiritually dead, but one day you will pass. And forever, for eternity, continue to be separated from me. 
but I've sent a gift by my grace. I don't want you to be separated. I want to be reconciled to you. I want a personal relationship with you. I want your heart. And so I sent my son in the flesh, for God became flesh. Jesus came in the flesh. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes through the Father except through me. And I sent my son. might not make sense to you because it's not. It's not going to make sense. But I'm telling you by my spirit and my word, it's true, and you know it. If God's revealing to it, that to you, you know it. And he says in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. You, you. It's a personal thing. It's something only God can stir up. It's only something God can speak into you. There is no other way. You can't read a track. You can't just have someone pray with you. You can't be anointed, I mean, just arbitrarily, and that makes you saved. It's, it's very personal. It all starts with the heart. So if you're in this room and God is quickening your heart, he's telling you, for example, the words that I just spoke, his words, that that's you. You're in need of a Savior. Separate from God right here and now. Engage God. Father, thank you for the love only you can give the grace that only you have, the word that only you bring forth. May it be so. May it be said this morning that salvation comes to your house because of you, through you, in you, by you. And if there's anyone in this room, and Lord, surely there is. Surely there's someone listening right now by the web. Surely there is. And their heart is so quick, and they just they just want to they just want to move. They want to do something. They want to move toward you. They they want to repent. I mean, repent means to turn from doing life their way and 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 turn and do life your way. Put their trust in you right now. And Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying for paying the penalty for my sin. For saving me that I might be reconciled to God, brought back to God. I'm claiming in your sake, for your name's sake, in Jesus' name, amen. If you know in your heart that you engaged God this morning in that way, he revealed his word to you, and you put your trust in Jesus, uh, one way to let us know and to let me know is to use the connection card says right here, I accepted Christ to be my Savior. Um, I just got to tell you something. Though. I, I, sometimes I, ah, I got to be, I got to be a little open with you. Sometimes I think the world tells me, like, I got to use this card because it's not offensive. You know what I mean? Like, well, people, we, we live in a different world today, Tony. So don't be offensive. Tell them to put, put something on the card, and, which please do. Don't misunderstand, but um, but if the Spirit of the Living God doesn't dwell you this morning, you repented of your sin and asked Him to save you. Then your response really should be to share that. To to, I mean, you could and you can if if that's you this morning and you want to share that, I, I welcome you to come up and and let's have a prayer and let's let's let the body of Christ welcome you into His kingdom, right? Why would we not? And I know the heart goes pitter-patter, and I know, oh, wait a minute, what are you doing? Now you're throwing me for a loop. 
I'm not a people person. I don't talk in public. Well, you don't have to talk. Just proclaim. Is there anyone that would? That, that this morning you say, Pastor Tony, I've not proclaimed that I have, I have Christ in my heart, that I've asked him to be my Savior, that you would come forward, that we might pray and share it with the body. Is there anyone felt led to do that? Anyone? You can clap. That's...